Hello and welcome to the planet today. It is Monday, February 6th, 2023. Here on TPT, we cover the latest in climate change, wildlife conservation, renewable energy, and environmental policy. I'm your host, Matt Norton, here with producer and co-host Nick Janusa. Nick, how's it going today? Buddy, it's pretty good. Pretty good, my dude. How was your birthday? Pretty good. Uh, today is also my first day at a new job, so pretty excited for that. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna be working nice. more closely in sustainability as my title, so pretty excited for that. Um, definitely, definitely pumped to have a nice fresh start here. Yeah, dude, that's what it's about. The new year, fresh start, fresh February. <laughs> we got Valentine's Day, the most hallmark holiday of all time coming up. Just get ready, get excited. Yeah, one of like the least sustainable things because it's just like so many chocolates probably get bought and oh. so many chocolates that are not going to be sustainably sourced. But. Yeah, and then not even eaten too. Like I never really eat the chocolates that I get on Valentine's Day. My mom still gets me a Valentine's Day gift and I just don't. I don't eat the chocolates. That's embarrassing to say, but I don't care. Well, if it's like the big variety pack, there's some in there that are really good and some that are just terrible yeah this okay specific, <laughs> when you just said that the first thing that came to mind the strawberry one yes <laughs> oh my god good for you the strawberry chocolate one with like it's like um uh what's the word for it it's like a strawberry like mousse kind of thing yes mousse thank you oh uh, disgust i shudder awful, at the thought disgusting awful. yeah disgusting chills if you're one of those people that likes that candy we're we're kidding we're sorry bad joke no i'm not sorry <laughs> I, I have no remorse for you it's disgusting go eat the yeah. coconut one yeah coconut's my favorite i'm a dark oh, chocolate coconut so guy good. yes all right let's do this episode <laughs> before we get into it happy birthday to our other co-host giselle her birthday was yesterday Woo! happy birthday Quick word from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Kitcaster. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. All right. We have two stories for you today. And the first one is by Marianne Deneen for City Limits, who writes, An Overlooked Climate Solution. Greener Playgrounds? We spoke about the potential public health impacts of greener playgrounds last month, but here is a cool story about how they impact climate change mitigation. New York City, the city that never sleeps, the concrete jungle, my home. There are a lot of parks in these five boroughs, most famously Central Park. But aside from that, there's also a severe lack of green space in many of the neighborhoods. One way to combat this and to provide environmental benefits is to install greener playgrounds. One of these is at Manhattan's public school 184M Shang Wen School. 
The school has installed a turf field on top of infiltration basins, which are capable of capturing up to 1.3 million gallons of stormwater runoff. These basins, paired with a grass roof gazebo, a student-run rain garden, and a slew of new trees, can help New York City better absorb extreme precipitation, which is becoming more frequent and severe with climate change. So my one knock here, longtime listeners of the show probably know what this is. They're installing turf instead of soil and grass. I'm not going to nitpick because this is overall a very good thing and part of a greater overall trend of urban planners making cities what we're calling spongier. Uh, basically, it just means that you know they're, they're able to absorb more water just like a sponge. This means that they're using nature-based solutions to help absorb water, which can be crucial in a place like New York, where there isn't much open space. The article says that cities across the country have begun to uproot asphalt in favor of lush green schoolyards, or at least porous turf. Yeah, and I love how the article also said, or at least turf. Um, you know, it made me feel yeah. better when I was reading it that I, like, I wasn't the only one just being like, Oh, this is great. It's not great. Really wish it was grass. Yeah. (laughs) So according to the Trust for Public Land, most of the 90,000 public schoolyards in the U.S. are covered in asphalt, a combination of petroleum products that creates runoff when it rains and bakes in the sun. This contributes to heat islands, which increases average daytime temperatures by as much as seven degrees in hotter weather. Green space does the opposite and can reduce temperatures by as much as 7 degrees, which can be a literal lifesaver during heat waves. As a reminder, heat waves are increasing in frequency and in temperature due to climate change. Yeah, I mean, if you if you listened to the show last year um, or the year before even, you know that when we talked about heat stress on urban areas, because there's so much concrete, because there's so much asphalt, they're just absorbing heat into these buildings, into these roads. And it's really, really hot, which can increase heart-related stress, cardiovascular-related stress. Like your, your respiratory system doesn't function as well under that kind of severe heat. So it might not sound like a ton, but you're, if you're able to drop it from you know, 95 degrees to 88, it's, yeah. a, it's a big deal. Seven degrees is a huge swing. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, this is like, I think about the days where, um, my dad would tell me like, oh, like, you know, I want to take you into work one day this week. And I'd be like, I'd be like a, a kid, whatever. But I just remember dressing in like a suit and just sweating through the suit, like a hundred percent of the time, because it's always hotter in the city. Mm-hmm. Like it's eight to 10 degrees hotter in the city than like almost all of the suburbs around the city. So when you're talking about seven degree difference on a super hot day, like a 98 degree day, it really could be the difference between life and death. It's, yeah. it's that big of a difference. Yeah. And honestly, even just on a smaller scale, you're right. The suburbs are much cooler. There's a lot more tree cover, but like I live close to Central Park. It is so much cooler here than it is in other neighborhoods in the city where all it is is like you're surrounded by concrete. So absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to, not recognize that when you're living in this environment. So I, I love the idea of greener playgrounds and I hope that more and more school systems pick up on this, whether it's here in the city or, or across the country. Agreed. 
And I want to close this one out with an excerpt from the article. Studies have linked vegetation in schoolyards to better school-wide academic performance, even after controlling for significant confounding factors like student poverty and minority status. Researchers suggest these improvements in academic achievement may be thanks to green schoolyards' ability to decrease stress and mental fatigue, increase physical activity, and foster more creative play during recess. So all really important things that will make the school day more productive for students. Yeah, and then also easier for teachers too because the kids are less stressful. The kids have less mental fatigue. Yeah. They have more abilities to be creative and, and, and more... Uh, a more of an ability to be interactive with what's going on. So good for everyone involved. All right. Our next story is from Umer Irfan of Vox, who writes, clean energy is taking over the Texas grid. State officials are trying to stop it. Before we get into this one, it's a complex issue that Nick and I can talk about for five minutes, or we could talk about it for 45 minutes and break down the whole thing. We're going to opt for the former here. So please check out the link in your show notes for more information on this topic. This article is about the rise in clean energy in Texas's grid, while regulators are actively trying to prop up natural gas to help it compete with renewables. Wind, solar, and nuclear energy provided more than 40% of Texas's electricity in 2022, while several Texan cities experienced their hottest summers ever as electricity demand reached the highest it's ever been. Last month, winter temperatures reached peak winter electricity demand and narrowly avoided massive power outages, which I remember happening two years ago. Yeah, yeah, and we're going we're gonna to get into that in a, in a couple seconds here. But yeah, Texas leads the U.S. in oil and natural gas production. It's also the number one producer in wind power. Solar production in the state has nearly tripled since 2019. Texas is uniquely equipped to handle renewables in that it has good conditions for both solar and wind, so the shortfalls of one can be offset by the other. Renewables are soaring past coal in Texas over the past decade, but natural gas still provides around 40% of the state's electricity. With renewables continuing to decline in cost, state officials are trying to step in. From the article, an important factor is that the state has its own internal power grid serving 26 million customers and meeting 90% of its electricity demand. It's managed by the nonprofit Electric Reliability Council of Texas, or ERCOT. In Texas's energy market, the cheapest sources of electricity become the winners. So in this case, it's wind and solar. What's interesting about having its own grid is that Texas can avoid federal regulations for utilities, but also have a hard time receiving help when needed. An example of this is that freeze that you talked about two years ago now in 2021, when millions of Texans lost power during a deep freeze with at least 246 deaths reported. The blackouts resulted largely from frozen coal pipes and natural gas pipelines stalling the flow of fuel into power plants. Texas state officials, including Republican Governor Greg Abbott, blamed this on wind energy. So what are state officials doing now to help keep fossil fuels afloat? Last year, the Texas legislature passed a law that would prevent the state's retirement and investment funds from doing business with companies that boycott fossil fuels. 
Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick said one of his legislative priorities for 2023 is to secure more support for natural gas fire generation. One issue with wind and solar is that they are intermittent and regulators want to make sure there's enough dispatchable power like natural gas to ramp up on still cloudy days. So in other words, you're not getting enough solar and wind on one day. You have this backup source of natural gas that can be switched on, you know, with the flick of a switch and then you're not worried about power outages. Another way to fix this would be to invest in battery backups. But the proposal that Texas has in front of it could create a credit scheme that would encourage more of these dispatchable plants to come online and extend a lifeline to some of these existing natural gas generators that are now struggling to compete with renewables. One of the problems called out by this article is that it would also raise the cost of electricity production. With climate change pushing average temperatures upward, the U.S. power grid is more stressed than ever, not only from rising demand and struggling supplies, but from extreme weather-damaging infrastructure. So, you know, to your point there, it's a good thing that the Inflation Reduction Act calls for upgrading our energy infrastructure because we need it. Frankly, it needs to get updated. We're also talking about this a week after Texas faced another freeze, which Texas state officials will certainly not attribute to climate change. They'll call it something else because it's cold outside. But, you know, that's like this is cut and dry. Like this is what we would expect due to climate change. For me, I think there's there's two main issues here that I want to bring up. It is disingenuous to blame renewables for power struggles that are tied to fossil fuels. And that's what we saw in 2021. That's probably what we're going to see if there's a blackout related to this freeze last week. You know, like th- that's just kind of the, the MO here. And it's annoying when people are, are publicly misled. The other thing I want to bring up is just like the whole motto of Texas is like free market, no government oversight. We're Texas. Yeah. The free market is trending towards renewables. So why would state officials get involved (laughs) and like prop up something that the free market is trending away from? The answer is state politicians are being funded by big oil, but you know, it just, it's hypocritical. Exactly right. It is hypocritical. And I think it's an extremely nice word for you to say disingenuous. I think it's straight up misinformation. They are just absolutely completely misleading the public on what's actually going on. What the actual reason is that you like are freezing to death back in 2021, that these um, politicians are peddling. Yeah. And it's, it's got to be completely frustrating to people who live there and are aware that they're being misled towards, you know, other outlets um, instead of realizing what's actually going on. Yeah. And it's, it's very infuriating that I remember Greg Abbott came out and said that wind energy didn't perform and that's why the, the blackouts occurred and that's why people lost their lives. And it's like, are you really going to lie at this stage when yeah. there was, there was data that came out that proved that wind energy performed much better than coal and natural gas. And in fact, it was the coal and natural gas pipelines that we just talked about that were frozen. Yeah. And that's where energy was lost. That's where lives were lost. And instead of coming out and like admitting a mistake or admitting, and, and I shouldn't even say mistake because this was totally planned, but like admitting that something went wrong. Yeah. He came out and tried to basically cover his own ass and say, 
no, this had nothing to do with our, our energy grid and had everything to do with wind energy. You know, it's, 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 it really is. I agree. It's, it's frustrating and it's, uh, upsetting that it's still going on in this country. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, with the free market trending towards renewables, that gives not just politicians in Texas, but politicians across the States, the, the, the kick in the butt that they need to trend more towards renewables. Like our, our country is headed that way. The world is headed towards that direction. Don't go against it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Agreed. Agreed. All right. We could talk about this for so much longer. There's a lot to break down that we really didn't get into. This was very surface level because this is a, an introductory to this topic. Really go check it out if you're interested. Link is in your show notes to the article we discussed, but there are many, many more articles about this you can find just by Googling um, Texas State Energy Infrastructure, Texas Wind Energy. There's a, there's a lot of resources at your fingertips. Go check them out. For now, that'll do it for today's episode of TPT. We will be back on Friday for our regularly scheduled show. Yes, and please share this episode with at least one friend if you can. The shorter episode this week is a great way to introduce them to TPT. Give them a little taste. Give them a little... Just a tease. <laughs> yeah, just a little tease. Just a little touch. It, it really does mean the world to us when you, when you help us out. And, you know, I've, I've said it on the show before. Our main goal this year is growth. And you can help be a part of that by sharing it with at least a friend. If everyone does that, we double our listenership. So it, it might not sound like, you know, one person makes a difference. But if you're listening, you do make a difference to us. 100%. Thank you. Go check us out on social media in the meantime at Planet Today Pod for more TPT. We'll see everybody on Friday. Peace.